The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. We are that much closer to uh, something that you, I, and uh, the millions and millions of NHL fans around the world have uh, dreamed of, and that is a return to hockey. Uh, I'm thinking a couple, three weeks away now. Uh, Big things. We still have to get through a training camp uh, type scenario. Yes, but... The NHL and the NHL and the NHLPA again mystified me by acting like you know responsible parties uh, who actually kind of want the same thing um, and extended the CBA, which was well, slightly confusing because you know they didn't have a lockout or um, you know no lines in the sand. It was just sort of. Hey, it'd be kind of neat not to have work stoppage. Well, if I remember correctly from last week's show, uh, or it was at least last week's discussion pre-show, the CBA was tied into what they were doing this season. Uh, Yeah, the Memorandum of Understanding. Yes. That. And and they had some interest, and yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about it because they had some interesting, um, interesting writers or some interesting uh, uh, items that had to be agreed upon, such as uh, the the trading of players with no movement clauses or signing there or acquiring yes. of players with no movement, no trade clauses, and whatnot. So I'm pretty sure we talked about it. I'm glad that they went through, signed it, got it going. Uh, I'm assuming that they have hope hub cities, although I, every time I look for it, nothing sounds set in stone. Uh, no, those were finally actually acknowledged as and uh, they, Edmonton and Toronto. And they are uh, both in Canada. Yeah, I kind of was leaning towards that being the case, just based on what was going on with the... Uh, with the reason for the shutdown and um, and where all of that has been coming from, uh, or it be a, a lot of it being in the states where I mean there were some there were some things that they had to work out with the Canadian government as well as far as what their requirements were and what hockey would be doing within those requirements. So oh, yeah. I, I'm glad they managed to get it all worked out. Now we just got to get through a training camp, and then we'll have games. August 1st is when the new postseason officially begins, uh, or I guess when official play begins. Do we want to st- just run through the uh, key dates at this point and then work out the rest of the show? Key dates, yes. I love key dates. Okay. Gives me something. Give me something to get excited about. Uh, I do remember off the top of my head that Philly and Boston will have their first game in the round robin on August 2nd. Uh, but as far as the rest of it, um, that's kind of important. So July uh, July 13th, official training camp begins. That's phase three. 
5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time deadline for players to opt out. Uh, as of right now, that is oh, uh, that's just over a day away. Yes, it is. They have 13 days there, and then they report to the Hub City. Uh, exhibition games are the 28th through the 30th of the month. Phase 4, August 1st. Um, the qualifiers begin. Uh, August 10th, Phase 2 of the NHL Draft Lottery uh, to determine the number one overall pick. Um, that would be uh, that would be the day we find out who has completely failed. Uh, there's something I really just don't. I, Two I, phases of a draft lottery is one of the most ridiculous things of the decade. And that's all that needs to be and said. And that's, that's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, August 11th, first round begin. First official, well, first full round. They're calling it the first round, even though there's a round before that. Um, whatever. Um, second round on the 25th of August. Uh, September 8th conference finals begins October, uh, September 22nd Stanley cup finals begin October 4th, last possible day for Stanley cup to be awarded. Um, and then October 9th through 12, uh, 9th through 10th, rather the 2020 NHL draft, uh, must, it says must fall in the notes, uh, here from NBC sports must follow end of cup final and to take and take place before free agency. See, I kind of have always wondered if they shouldn't flip the start of free agency and um, the draft, but that's a story for another day. Mid-October, uh, which is a great key date, I mean, the middle of the month, um, is when free agency period opens. Training camps for the 2021 uh, uh, season will begin on November 17th. Mm-hmm. And then December 1st, the new NHL season will start. Everyone got that? Great. Um, uh, you lost me at key dates. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure I did. But that was the point. Um, for me, it really comes down to three dates or, or three or four real dates. Yeah. Uh, that's August 1st. Yes. And August 11th. I, I don't ever remember looking so excited to August 1st before. Yeah, I mean, literally, if there's anything like a dead spot on the traditional sports year, uh, it's like the month, it's August 1st. You're weeks away from tra- real training camp start or even captain's practices. Um, I mean, the NFL might be sort of kind of doing pre-exhibition stuff, but even there... It's not serious. Yeah, it's preseason games. I and mean, they're not September having, And they're not having any this year, as far as I know. That's going to be ugly. Ugh. No, pre, no preseason football. So That's you're, be... going, you're going to have basketball in a bubble. You're going to have hockey in hub cities. I'm starting to sense some alliteration, alliteration here. And I'm very <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> But September 22nd for the Stanley Cup Finals, that's normally a date where we're saying, okay, we're a week away from the start of the new season. Who's going to get caught? Who's going to make it this year? Who's going to be the breakout star? Who's going to completely 
mess up their uh, fantasy draft. Yeah, aren't we usually – that's usually about the time we're conducting our fantasy draft, actually. Yeah, we normally <laughs> do it the Sunday morning before the season starts. Um, it's usually like somewhere in the mid-20s for September where we conduct our draft. Yeah, So uh, that's going to be can't interesting. Wait. I, I literally can't wait for hockey to start again. I was going to say, that being – yeah, all of that being said, it all comes down to – I cannot wait to get hockey. It's going to be weird, hockey in the summertime. It's going to be weird. I'll admit. At this point, I don't care that it's summer. I just want my hockey. Like, yesterday I was watching one of the games on the NHL Network, and I'm like, you know what? It, this was this was a game from the past season. Um, oh, okay. They've been showing a lot of older stuff on Hockey Network. So. I was like... <sighs> I'm enjoying this, even though these are not my favorite teams or top ten teams. <laughs> but no, it just it feels wrong to watch a tape hockey game that I actually was had the opportunity to watch live. Like watching games for, that I never would have been able to watch uh, live is fun. Like watching a game from like 1982, 84 where my parents didn't watch hockey or didn't watch sports pretty much at all. Okay. That's fun. Get to see players that I've only heard about or only seen in, you know, highlight reels. Yeah. Watching, watching for a whole game. It's like, Nesson, it's like Nesson showing old eighties and nineties hockey games. And I'm going, Oh, I remember that guy used to be on the, you know, it, I, that's entertaining. Cause I remember, you know, they have Craig Hoggood or, or, or they'll have Glenn Wesley, who was a really good defenseman for the Bruins, and and then again for, um, for um, Carolina uh, slash Hartford. I mean, it's it's, it's seeing Andy Brickley play. <laughs> I watched one yeah, game where Andy was out there playing, and and he got Ray Bo- and he played with Ray Bork, so we get to see a Ray Bork game, and Andy's in there, and I mean, yeah, you see all these older guys, and and to see Cam Neely in his in, in his prime and, and slightly past his prime, although I'm not really sure he ever got a chance to enjoy the past his prime part because of the injuries. It just, but watching a game from this season back in like showing winter class, showing the winter classic, it's like, okay, I actually watched this. Now I'm watching it again. Why? No. <laughs> I mean, if, it, if there was something super special about the game, someone uh, like, Two players get hat tricks. A goaltender has an obscene game, and you know shuts out has a fifty has a fifty shutout game. Okay, all over it. Want to see it? Um, but it's just it feels wrong. It really feels well, not wrong, but it's no, it it, it feels a little odd and and yeah in it's some like ways wrong. it's like getting served the wrong cut or of a state of a steak that's cooked like two levels away from where you actually like it like you go into a restaurant you order the medium rare ribeye and you get a medium well tenderloin or something like that it's just off yeah i agree i'm just I am just so looking for it's like as a kid you didn't want the summer to 
end so you, you didn't want it to move so quickly because you were out of school and you didn't want to go back so you wanted summer to take as long as it could now i'm like all right can we just get to august 1st <laughs> i i'm so just done with the lack of hockey i i can live with almost everything else like whatever i feel like i, I, feel like I got robbed of, of of some i feel like i got robbed or something you know because I didn't get to see the the playoffs and and the the remainder of the season back when it was supposed to happen, so I feel like I got robbed. And this is the I mean, opportunity right now, to get paid back. Right now, we should really be discussing which teams have failed in free agency, which two or three guys are surprisingly still available, um, and which GM isn't going or which GM isn't going to make it till Christmas. That's that's what this that's what today's show should be. Well, the odd part is today's show is going to have a little bit of that, and I'm kind of foreshadowing here. We're actually we actually have a story that would fit into the normal timeline of a hockey season. Go for it. Do we want to lead off with it though? Let's go with it. Well, as you pointed out, and I did not see it as of this morning. Uh there's actually somebody on the trade block, and normally you would say, well, it's not somebody important, but this youngster is actually a key player for the team that he's currently on, and for him to be on the trade block And is, it's not a player who you've heard of as having major injury issues or major <clears throat> attitude <laughs> issues. Attitude um, issues, no. He has had – he has had – he has suffered through injury. But it's uh, not like he's had three or four major injuries in the course of a, se- a single season. Correct, yeah. But for the Vancouver Canucks to be – and I don't know if I believe that they're shopping him around or if this is just somebody out there who started a rumor. But for the Vancouver Canucks to be possibly moving somebody the caliber of Brock Besser, a uh, uh, little, yes. little bit of a shock to my system. I was expecting he was going to be one of their key pieces. They've got a lot of good youth up there. They're a team on the rise. You've got Besser. You've got Bo Horvat. You've got you Jake Peterson. You've got uh, Patterson, Elias sorry. Patterson. You've got. Uh, I mean, they do need to work on their uh, on their. They do need to work on their game, defense. Their defense, and that's what this whole thing is supposedly about, based on what we're seeing, uh, is expected going back to Vancouver. But they've got Quinn Hughes. Yeah, they've got they. Alexander Edler is getting a little older. He's he's the elder statesman of their defense. He's also their number one defenseman until Quinn takes over. Uh, but it's a youthful it's a youthful team, and Travis Green has got them going in the right direction. Yes, but I kind of wonder how much patience there is there. They've been on the rise for a couple of seasons. Actually I, actually, I thought they were not on the. I thought that this was a nice turnaround on the way up season for them. I think they've been a little patient with Vancouver. Uh, yeah, I, that's my question. Are we seeing an expiration of patience uh, as part of this move if it happens? If they if they were to bow out in the early stages or this opening round robin or however it works 
they might get a little antsy. I think if Vancouver gets, I'm not saying they have to win it, but I think if they can get into a second round, I think that the fans will not necessarily call it a success, but at least have the patience to say, okay, we've improved from the last couple of seasons. We're back on the right track. I know that it's tough. Fan bases want to win, want to win now, but they also want to win consistently. And that's one of the things that we don't necessarily have to do. I think our our issue here in Boston is slightly different. I think our frustration is with the fact that we can always seem to get there. Why can't we win it? <laughs> I think in Vancouver it's slightly different. It's it's more of a all right, let's get there and let's make let's stick around a while and improve year to year. And I think that. Travis Green, like I said, I think Travis Green has got them going in the right direction. I don't know if you want to say that Uncle Jim Benning is doing a good or a bad job as a GM. I think he's doing all right. I, like I said, he still needs to get himself a, a, a goaltender. I'm sure he believes in Thatcher Demko, and, and there is that potential, but he's not quite there yet. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Um, now, on the the two of us were talking before the show. We looked at a couple of different news stories on on a potential Besser trade. I didn't find any of the trade uh, offers put together by the various writers compelling. Um, I didn't see one like the. There's a fan-sided story. Um, I believe it's Puck Froze. They had Philadelphia as the most, as the best fit, with Shane Gostis Bear going back the other way. Mm-hmm. I just can't see the Flyers making that trade. The Flyers are an older team at this point. Their core, whether you know, you've got Ver, uh, you've got Jacob Verichuk, you've got uh, Claude Giroux. Um, they're they're older guys. Uh, I think for a they team do, that they do have, a, they do be in win win now mode. They do have a couple of good young players, but not to the extent that not Vanc- Yeah, not to the extent that Vancouver does, and one of them unfortunately suffers from something that I suffer from with his migraines. Um, Nolan Patrick, the, the number two pick a couple of years ago. Yes. Uh, they do have some other youth, but it's not, like you said, it's not core yet. The one guy they do have that I think is is somebody that they're going to be building around, if you can build around a goaltender, and I, I think it's worth considering, is Car- I think Carter Hart is the real deal. They they sat on him for a few years. They were waiting. The, 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 the fan base was getting a little antsy. They finally brought him up a season and a half ago, had him play some games. Last year, he becomes the number one. I mean, he's, he's somebody that they can rally around. But yeah, the rest of their they're really strong forwards. The the Giroux, the, the Voraceks, they've been around for a little bit. They're getting close to, if not touching 30. Um, and that that alone inclines me to believe that they would that the Flyers would be looking to add someone 
or even one or two or even two players who are either at a similar age or um, or who have, well, maybe not been promoted to mascot uh, status, but um, certainly certainly there as someone who has won the cup and is there to provide that veteran playoff uh, leadership. Um, I think every cup in the past 20 plus years has been lifted by someone who had a Stanley cup winner on the roster. Um, I can't think of anyone on the, uh, flyers who has won a cup. Um, and I don't see how Besser makes, meets that qualification either. Um, I just, I, I mean, Philly has, Philly has Provorov on defense. They have Gostaspierre. Uh, please name me the rest of their defense core. <laughs> In all uh, seriousness. I'm not, I'm not seriousness. 100% sure their coach can name the rest of their defense core. Precisely my point. Uh, and you're going to trade away. I understand that Shane Gostaspierre money-wise makes the most sense. And I understand that Philly, in general, probably makes the most sense for where Besser, if he's traded, should go. Uh, they do have Matt Niskanen, 33 years old. Justin Braun, 33 years old. Uh, and then they've got a bunch of youth. Gostas Beer is 27. Uh, Provorov is 23. They've got Travis Sanheim. Still up and coming, but making three and a quarter mil. He's 24. Uh, Philip Myers is still on is, is on the last year of his entry level, and I don't know how much he's played. And then Robert Haig is 25, and I think he's like their third pair, one of their third pairing defensemen. None of those are going to get the deal done. It, it would have to be a Gostas Bear or a Provorov to get this moving. And I can't see Philly trading either one of those guys. No, um, it would have to. It would, the other, only other possibility is a fistful of draft picks, you know, two firsts and two seconds or something similar. And that I don't know that that's going to work financially because, you know, the cap isn't jumping uh, this year and Philly isn't exactly paying uh, sitting at the cap floor. Um, True. We mentioned we talked about this during the week. Um, but is that uh, go ahead? Just to finish that up, I mean, do you recognize? Do you think any of the other? Do you think there's a team outside of the five that they recommended? And the five in this particular article were Philly and Colorado and the Islanders and the Hurricanes and the Devils. And it seems like the Devils had more articles uh, linking well, them. The devils are desperate. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and they actually had a an honorable mention for Montreal, but they don't have the defensive capital to to make the move. Is there anybody outside of those teams that you see potentially acquiring Besser? Or I mean, if you're looking for a team that's building, yeah, you, and probably would really really love 
to have Besser on the roster. Uh, I mean, based on his pure talent level, you can look at you can look almost anywhere. Um, if Detroit is determined to be back in the playoffs sooner rather than later, um, I could see them at least exploring. Um, the problem there is again, if if Vancouver in this deal is strictly looking for defensemen, the only guy have- that, the only guy they really have that. And he wouldn't move the needle, but the only guy they really have would be like a Dennis Chalowski. I guess it it depends on what you believe about Dennis Chalowski. Um, Right now, I think he's probably one of their top two defensemen, but (laughs) I don't know that he moves the deal. But even places like Pittsburgh, for some reason, always manages to land. Like, they managed to somehow slide in and get a Ginla when the Bruins were clearly the favorite to get him. And suddenly he decided to go go Pittsburgh. In this case, Pittsburgh, again, like other teams, doesn't have the capital. Who on their team, besides maybe Brian Dumoulin, who I don't think would get the deal done either, what defenseman are they going to trade? Marino? I don't think Marino is anywhere near good enough. to. He's a good defenseman, but I don't think he's good enough to make this deal happen. So I can't Um, see him landing in Pittsburgh, but am I being too narrow to focus too narrow-minded or, or i don't i i don't see pittsburgh making that trade uh, at this time a a a, well, a wild I, possibility um and i say this because there's uh i mean there's there's been rumors of one of their defensemen being on the move almost since he landed in the nhl um but they have some interest, some players that they believe in, or we're at least supposed to believe they believe in uh, further down the uh, depth chart, um, or at least the salary chart. Um, what about Buffalo? <laughs> How hard is it going to be for... If Ristolainen is the trade, you really only need to clear up $2 million more uh, to, be co- to come out ahead. And given all the UFAs that they have, does you, Risto, you don't even does, need to do that. Does Risto get the job done? I don't know. And is Buffalo one of those places where you're going to have to pay a, a uh, you're going to have to pay a, 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 some kind of a punishment tax for being a, a not successful team? I'm trying to be nice here. Being a bad team. Uh, to draw in somebody like uh, a Besser or to get Vancouver to get trade in there. Two more years left on his on his contract. Um, I think you take advantage of it. I mean, if your top six has Eichel and Skinner and Besser, you're doing better than a lot of teams. I mean, if I you put that. Skinner on the left, Eichel mm-hmm. on Eichel at center, and Besser on right wing. If those three guys click, you've got one of the best lines. Uh, you've got a top five line in the NHL. Okay, but if I'm Kevin Adams, and I, I, now, I would if, prefer to spread the offense out. But if I, well, if I'm yeah, if I'm Kevin Adams, my first thought is okay. I fixed the first line. I still need goaltending. I still need uh, depth scoring. Uh, I still need somebody have, beyond. And but if you, you have something beyond. to build around, you can attract but, players. 
I still need somebody to be on the Rasmus Twins to play defense. I like Brandon Montour. I even like Henry Yokiharu. I always did ever since he was with Chicago. But Colin Miller? Um, no. No. <laughs> I still don't. I still don't know how he got that contract. I mean, applause, uh, massive applause for his agents. <laughs> that guy should. There should massive. be an award. There needs to be an award for like agent of the year or something. <laughs> like legitimately, we need to put him in government and have him negotiating our trade uh, trade deals with foreign uh, nations. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, Jake McCabe. Uh, he's, a depth, he's a he's a depth guy, yeah. and I'm okay with it. I just – so, yeah, you're not – I think if Buffalo were to bring him in, okay, that's great. He, he's, he's a name. He might attract other players there, but he's not solving a whole hell of a lot, and you have to give up one of the Rasmus twins to Well, to they're not giving up on Darlene. We, we can all – Yes, rest assured I, that that's not going to be the case. I think I just like saying Rasmus twins, but <laughs> yeah, even though there's like six years and I believe a country between them. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> I just I I don't I don't know that that does the job. I I, I think Besser's going to be harder to move than people expect. It, harder harder is not the right word. I, I think finding a Finding a fit is going to be difficult. What if what if Nashville comes calling? They've got the defensive capital. But do they have the will to spend it? David Poyle has pulled the trigger on some deals. Yeah, but the defense has been uh, the backbone of that franchise its entire existence. Um, and they've always had more and more coming up. Do they really have more young defense who are ready to step into a top four role and play 20 plus minutes um, if they trade someone? That's my concern with them is they've always had and they had Seth Jones. They traded him away at the time. We thought it was a win win. Uh, Oh, I think it was a win win. I'm pretty sure that Columbus at this point at this point, I think Columbus comes out a little bit ahead. Johansson, I like him. I think that Seth Jones, however, is the number one, the backbone of that defense in, in Columbus. But you still sit, you're still sitting on Ryan Ellis, but he's 29. Roman Yossi's 30. Matthias Ekholm is 30. Uh, then you've lost the guys. You had Shea Weber. You had Seth Jones. You're down to your others are Yannick Weber, who's 31. The problem is their defense is not young anymore, per se. They've got one really good youngster, and that's Dante Fabro. And that 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 goes back to my point. Uh, are you going? Are you willing to go to a more balanced team over the defensive-heavy organization that you've traditionally been? Is it going to alienate fans? Is it going to? Is it going to destroy the team's identity? I mean, on that particular question, I think the team's identity was broken when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals and got uh, handled and <clears throat> left soiled by the Penguins. Unfortunately, yeah, and I, I agree. 
and that but all of this all of this discussion is why I don't feel that as as great as it is to talk trades and to talk trades with a name that matters it's not like we're trading Stephen Camper for Zach Trotman hey you know, now it's, oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to insult anyone <laughs> um but I don't see that Brock Besser is going to get moved anytime soon. I mean, this is going to take some finagling, no matter where he goes, because what Vancouver is looking for defensively, I don't know that teams have it to spend. And the ones that do, like you said, I don't know if they're ready to pull the trigger on it. But that that's just one man's opinion, I guess, and... Uh, if he gets traded here to Boston, we can certainly, you know, move somebody like John Moore or. or oh yeah, that'll that'll get it done. Uh, um, <laughs> well, if if Boston were to they, do it, and they don't have the money, but if Boston were to make some kind of move, they don't have. Never they don't happen. have a first round pick. They'd have to move like a Charlie McAvoy. Uh, I would be okay. As with you that. said. Um, I don't see most of Boston's fan base being okay with that. I'm not sure that I understand. I think the fan base would be upset. I don't think think Neely and Sweeney would actually want to make that move, if for no other reason than backlash. But the thing is that they actually have – you have Grizzly, you have Krug if you re-sign him. And by the way, here's my weekly re-sign Krug because, yeah, it needs to be done. But you have Carlo, you have through Carlo. Uh, you've got you've got a lot you've got more depth there than I think people realize, particularly as um, McAvoy hasn't turned into that much of an offensive asset. Oh, we got what, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Fan, fans like him. We like him. Connor Clifton, Cliffy Hockey. Yes, uh, and some of the guys who were, who were called up uh, as Jeremy, well. Jeremy Lozon looks NHL ready. I think that losing McAvoy would not hurt us nearly as much as hurt it as as Buffalo losing Ristolainen or or Philly losing Gostaspear. I, I think that I don't the, disagree. The Bruins have the the capital defensively. But, they, but don't. they don't have the cap space, and even moving McAvoy isn't going to free up that much cap space. Not enough. They'd have to. Somebody else would have to be included, or they, or there would have to be a, a significant other move afterward. Yeah, and I don't see that happening. Okay. Um, we've talked about some of the. We've talked about uh, people on the move um, or potentially on the move. Uh, Someone moving in the wrong direction is uh, one of the league's brightest stars, uh, uh, Stephen Stamkos. Um, Yesterday, Ah, he managed to injure himself in a training camp incident. I was going to say, this is fresh off the wires, huh? Uh, that that would be fresh. Um, he's Stamkos is now thirty. 
So he had fully the... recovered from that muscle surgery in March. He's had um, a lot of it. Just the leg injuries he's had over the years. Is this the dreaded upper body injury, L, a UBI, or is this an LBI? Or have they even said? Um, they really uh, – oh, this is a new lower body injury. Oh, okay. Um, and Julian Breezeboy, uh, uh, who somehow has kept uh, the same head coach in place. Um, <laughs> he oh, has did been- I – he hasn't made a whole. He hasn't made a whole lot of moves. He's made a couple of moves, but he hasn't made a whole lot of moves since Eisenman left. Um, they don't have a specific timeline for when he will be a full participant in camp, but we expect expect him to be ready in time for games. Oh. Given that that's three weeks away, that's. I mean, that's that's time for many injuries to heal. Many. I mean, but the thing is, if he, it, but my thing is, they're getting into official training camps he's not going to be taking part when he's ready to go they're going to be everybody's going to be at some point in some way up to game speed he's not uh see i i think we're going to see are we going to see some awful hockey in the first couple of games <laughs> yeah we so we're, is it we're, gonna, we're in for some we're in for some ECHL specials uh, for that first uh, qualifying and preliminary or whatever they're going to call it round. Now, you and I have been to an ECHL game. <laughs> if the crowd, I was going to say if the crowds turn into it, but there are no crowds. I was going to say if the crowds turn into ECHL caliber, then we're in trouble. Because <laughs> if there's somebody st- sitting behind me that's holding a, a, a player in effigy with a noose around its neck. Uh, no, he he had an official. He, he oh, it was an official. Officials. My apologies. Yeah. Okay, it was an official. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was it was an entertaining night, and we can relive it another time. But uh, it was I don't know if there's a word for it. interesting. Just doesn't seem to describe it well enough. <laughs> I mean, this is Stamkos is now twelve years into his career. He's had some serious injuries. I mean, what do we? Look I mean, a broke about? the. The way he broke his leg is certainly not anything that you can prepare for or avoid, you know, except for, you know, not going heavily into the boards. Um, Which is not going to happen with most hockey. I mean, there are some players that won't. Not the speed he moves, not at the. Yeah. There are some players that won't go into the corners that that don't don't like it. But most players, they're going to go into the corners. They're going to get in the dirty areas. They're going to fight for the puck. They're going to. And they're moving at a high speed. So, yeah, it's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, I, I talked about – I've talked about – I've made predictions about a couple of other players like Eric Carlson and their health uh, maybe taking them out of the game in their early 30s rather than their later 30s. Um, Steven Stamkos is signed through the end of the 23-24 season – um, meaning he has four more to go. The end of the decade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does does he sign a, a big contract at that point at age thirty four? Does he even sign another contract, or does he make no, that my, his victory lap? My first question is: Does he make it to the end of this contract? 
because uh, I mean he has missed some significant time with injuries, and it started almost right away. I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't prepare himself. I'm not calling him a wimp, um, but you know he had a couple of really healthy seasons, and since the lockout shortened season, um, he's only played 82 games once. He only or twice he did play 82 uh, season before this one, but um, he was down. He only played 57 of the team's 70 or so games this year. Um, he was down in the 16, 17 season. He only played 17 games um, in the 13, 14 season. Yeah, it was he's just not. It seems like every other season he's out for something big. Um, so your question, uh, will he make it? It's it's a re- it's a really good question. It, it, I, do do I think he's going to sign a, ma- a multi year deal at the end of this contract? I will be shocked if he signs anything longer than two year deal. I agree. I I and I I struggle to figure out. Uh, I guess its name recognition would would at least get get him an offer across the table, but I mean he's still managing to produce a, a very good points. I mean he's uh, 832 points in his 803 games. In the 57 games this year, he had 66 points and 98 points in 82 last year. Um, yes, but when you're despite, playing with when you're playing with a hot trophy winner on the opposite side. Yeah. He's won a couple of awards himself. I mean, yeah, but does that, but how much. And that was before that guy arrived. Yes. But how much does having that guy on the other side free him up? I mean, it was one of the things that I'd mentioned when we were talking about rookies a couple of weeks, uh, prospects a couple weeks ago. It goes both ways though. You know, it really goes both ways. The other guy isn't going to get those points. If Kucherov pulls extra defensemen to him or an extra player to him, that means the Stamkos or or a Braden Point is going to be open for a pass. No one's under. No one's uncovering Stamkos. You don't uncover a guy who scored sixty goals in the NHL. Fair enough. So I mean, there's what two guys in the NHL currently playing who have done that? Him and him so and like, uh, Ovechkin. So like Boston is that the is that the one line that you can't you you, you can't uncover anybody and and pick your poison. I think point if you're if you're picking a forward to leave with less coverage or zone coverage versus man uh, going man on man with yeah it's it's point. Is he dangerous? Yes. Is he Stamkos or Kucherov? No. Um, but. You have to. I mean, you have to look at the. You have to look at Stamkos, and you know, there's players like Zdeno Chara or even uh, Yaramir Yager like, who play forever. Zdeno might be somewhat of a medical miracle, and that guy, it just his workout, his workout regimen is off the charts. His dad was what a farmer. I uh, know. Well, his or a wrestler. His I'm sorry, his dad was a wrestler. That's where he got his workout. DNA from. I want to say his mother is an is an athlete. His mother is an his mother is an athlete as well, and I forget what. Was she basketball or tennis or something? 
I think it was basketball, actually. But, but uh, looking po- back to Stamkos, yeah, I don't think this is a guy who's still playing at age 40. No, I don't see it happening. Not that he doesn't have the drive. I mean, you can't come back from the all of these injuries I'm talking about and the play at the level. But he's going to wake up in a year or two, three weeks into the offseason, and be hurting more than he did after back-to-back games running uh, bouncing off Zdeno Chara when he was 25. It's coming. <laughs> it's It's coming. Um, so I just wrote down a question. Go. And I I have I I have an idea of, of how uh, how much longer does he play? In your opinion, I, I think he fin- I I absolutely well I think he's I would put it at eighty percent likely that he finishes his contract. What level he'll be playing at? In that fourth, uh, in that fourth season out from this year, is anyone's guess. But okay. I think he finishes the contract. That was my estimation as well. I think that they can limit his minutes if they need to. I can't see them keeping him on the bench just for name and face recognition. I think he's and and he's a hockey player. He's going to want to play. Oh, and he'll yeah. and he'll fib about how much he actually hurts and whether there's aches and pains and can he go? He's going to say, of course he can. I think that this, in personal opinion, I think that these last four seasons are, I think, it for him. I don't see him going beyond that. He may sign a one-year deal. I don't know that it happens, though. It depends on how good he feels at the end of four years, but... He's not played a full season in a long time. Um, I think the next two years are going to decide it for him. Um, We may even hear at the beginning of the fourth year of that contract whether he intends to play the next season or not. And it's not that I don't want to see him. I mean, a player that caliber. No, I love watching him play. Oh, yeah. He's been unbelievably entertaining to watch. When he was all that team had, it was still amazing that he could do what he what he could do. Essentially, without yeah, without anything else. I mean, now they now that they have the team that they have, it. it, it I think it might get a little lost behind the Kucherovs and and oh, here comes Braden Point. And there was a time where they had the triplets, and I think Stamkos got lost a little bit in the shuffle when it was all the talk about the triplets. So. Uh, the the triplets line the they overshadowed I think the Stamkos bit and I think some of the youngsters but he's still playing at that high level at least offensively when he's healthy when he's healthy yeah uh, so, I said it a minute ago I think he's one I think he's going to wake up some some off season feeling worse than he did just a couple of years before mid-season grind after playing two nights against rough uh rough off uh rough opponents and i just can't with his injury history no matter no matter the drive i can't see him continuing uh that's why i'm thinking this contract is probably it for him 
I would be surprised. I, I guess a one-year deal maybe, but I think beyond that, I, I, I don't see it happening. And like you said, I'm pretty sure he's not making it to 40. So, uh, I will I will place uh, a wager on him not making it to 40 uh, as a player in the NHL. Um, even if he really, really wants it badly, the number of lower body injuries he's had, <clears throat> they're going to start accumulating and pulling his speed down uh, noticeably over the next two or two, two to four years and uh, nine more or eight to six more, six to eight more seasons after that. No, no. Um, happily on the other end of the spectrum. So, uh, so and the opposite of injured, uh, the opposite of injured and the opposite of Florida humidity. Um, <laughs> we have the dry heat of Arizona. <laughs> Oliver Ekman Larson and company uh, ready to roll. Um, that pack is ready to hunt uh, their way uh, certainly into the playoffs and maybe, maybe, maybe go deep. Um, if, if everyone makes it through training camp healthy, they will have a healthy Oliver Ekman Larson, a healthy Phil Kessel, a healthy, motivated Taylor Hall. And then they'll have Derek Stepan and um, Christian Dvorak uh, rolling with them. I think that I, I, I think the important thing here, and, and I'm not saying that Taylor Hall or Christian Dvorak or whoever is not healthy. I think having Oliver Ekman Larson not only healthy, but pain-free because he seemed to be not himself this season. Uh, no, he wasn't. I, and I to would find be hard out that, to find three players on that or three major name players who looked like themselves this year. But for him to say that this time off and the fact that he's now, he's now pain-free, there's no lingering pain. His knee is feeling a hundred percent. This is, this is, Big for Arizona. If he's oh yeah, not- I mean, absolutely the best news on the player front um, that we've seen for the Coyotes probably since I'm not sure when, because let's face it, Taylor Hall was basically exiled uh, when he was sent there. No one wants to call it that, but he didn't precisely look good in New Jersey this year. Admittedly, nothing looked good in New Jersey this year. <laughs> I was waiting for the the other shoe, as they say. But uh, he didn't look like Taylor Hall. No, and and like you said, most of that team just they've been winning, and until toward the end, before the the pause, they were winning. Then they went into a little bit of a. Eh. And and the thing is that they had Darcy Kemper, who was on track for a Vesna nomination, gets himself hurt. He's out for a long period of time. Uh, Diranta just happens to come back at that time, but then he gets hurt. They they survive Aiden Hill and and Scott Wedgwood, I believe they acquired at one point, so that they could have goaltenders. Uh, now they've got both Antiranta and Kemper back, which solidifies the goaltending. 
a they haven't looked like themselves throughout the year with the lingering pains for Oliver Ekman Larson and Taylor Hall not looking himself, trying to get accustomed to the new team. Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel had lingering injuries all season, too. For them uh, to all be coming back and be feeling good, this is all positive. This is all positives. This is all all gravy for John Chega if they oh. can put it all together and, and be healthy. Look. Legitimately, all they have to do is make it through the preliminaries and the first round, and Cheka has bought himself two more seasons uh, as general manager. Even if even if he completely blows the team up 15 minutes after they fall out of the playoffs, <laughs> he's bought himself two more seasons because he's he'll have taken them from one of the worst teams in the NHL who were working on, you know, who were managing their cap situation with smoke and mirrors for most of his tenure to a playoff team that has Phil Kessel, one of the most consistent goal scorers in the league, Oliver Ekman Larson, hands down the most underrated defenseman playing in a top pairing role in the league. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, if Stepan I, I I don't think that we've seen the best of Derek Stepan since he got to Arizona. If these guys come in and two or three of them are energized about the situation and decide that, you know, this is our time, pick up that, uh, we'll, uh, pick up that same attitude that the, that the Vegas Knights, uh, displayed a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. This could be a really dangerous team. They have as much a shot as anybody in the West. I think they I think they have a really good shot at beating Nashville. And, and we talked about Nashville's strength and defense, but their goaltending is 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 questionable. I think that there's going to be a surprise there and we can talk about that next week. Uh but Offensively, yeah, you got they've got some strength up front, but I think that I think Nash I think that Arizona has a good possibility of beating Nashville, and they just they've I don't know how to put it they they got to get it together. Yeah, Taylor Hall is is got to be consistent, and he's probably consistently their best player right now. Uh, like you said, Kessel is consistent goal scoring wise probably one of their most consistent they've got some youth uh they need to see more out of clayton keller than what they've seen throughout the season but dvorak's been a nice surprise uh he hasn't been huge points wise i think we talked about him having like 38 points yeah i don't know on the team has been huge points wise this year they've done it a lot of this season has been done on on the back of of darcy kemper strong goaltending and a lot of games where they've either won two to one or three to two, because uh, they haven't done a whole lot of scoring, but they managed to limit what the other what their opponent has done against them. And like I said, just to have OEL feeling better and to have Kessel feeling better, it, it, it's all gravy. And I agree, if Cheka can, if they can get to the second to to the first round. Uh, or whatever they're calling it these days. They, I think it's. I think the official nomenclature is preliminary, and then 
one, rounds one, two, three, and four. Um, I mean, Jake has taken yeah. that team from a, a team where they were scraping to meet the cap floor to a team where they're now like one of the top teams. They're uh, they're one of the biggest they're spenders. Scrap, they're scraping the ceiling now. <laughs> And yes, they've done. They they have in their in in that argument they have taken on a couple of contracts because they had the cap space at the time, but it also allowed them to get draft picks and whatnot. They they had um, Datsuk at one point they had traded for. Oh yeah, they, his, that was the his smoke, money. Full smoke and mirrors uh, routine there. Yeah, I just. Jake has done uh, the 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 180, and I think the last time they went to the playoffs was uh, 2012, actually. Yeah. Oh, and it says right here, yeah, Western Conference Finals in 2012. There's only one player on the team that was around in 2012, and he's feeling good. That would be OEL, and he's feeling good. So if you need somebody to tell them what it was like the last time they were in the playoffs. There you go. The last time it was – and not only the last time they were in the playoffs, but they won rounds in the playoffs. Well, they a lot of teams have been to the playoffs the two or three finals. years in a row. But, you know, you lose four years in a row in the first round, and have you actually learned anything? I would have to argue not very no, much. Yeah, no. Uh, healthy. The the last statement pretty much sums it up and sums up this. A healthy Ekman Larson gives them an opportunity to keep moving forward. Period. Um, I I think that they're going to be one of the most compelling watches uh, in the in the uh, in the playoffs this year. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get to see them pass that first uh, that preliminary round. Um, it's tough because I like Nashville too, but <laughs> I like Nashville too. Nashville clearly has the playoff experience um, on their side, but Phil Kessel has been part of a cup win. Um, yeah. OEL we just discussed has been uh, has been to a conference final, um, and you've got uh, Stepan who's played in the playoffs before. You've got uh, Taylor Hall who I believe I want to say he managed at least one playoff. Uh, round somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, was it New Jersey? I think it was New Jersey. Why is his heart uh, year? Yeah, that sounds right. I would have to look it up. Uh, yes, he's he's. Admittedly, it's only five games that seventeen eighteen season, um, but. Yeah, you've got a you've got a decent amount of playoff experience uh, from the players that you need to be leading your team. Um, I <clears throat> I can't bet against this team. Not in the opening round, anyway. Uh, what or we did mention we did did we mention um, Bufflin earlier? No, I, I, we did not mention Bufflin yet. Uh, let's see. Buff, uh, Dustin Bufflin uh, came up in uh, a discussion on potential destinations for him <laughs> over at Puck Pros. 
Um, uh-huh. Admittedly, this is a slightly older story now, but uh, it, it's a it's an interesting read. Um, they only listed three destina- potential destinations for him. Um, one of them is your <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. Who aren't going to get him because they don't know what to do with defensemen. Uh, hey, they could play him at right wing. Uh, you know what? They acquired Jake Buzzin, and I feel bad for the guy because they didn't surround him with anybody, and they're not going to. They don't – either they don't draft defensemen well or they just don't put enough effort on defense. I mean, when was the last time Toronto had a decent defense? And you're going to acquire – you're going to acquire a guy like Bufflin and then put him on the right wing because you don't know what to do with him defensively. There you go. <laughs> um, the la- uh, In all seriousness, perhaps the last time uh, the Leafs had a good defense was probably before a couple of their younger stars were born. It's a good possibility. <laughs> um, the second one is contingent upon their current star offensive defenseman uh, leaving the Boston Bruins. Um, and that's uh, with Tory Krug heading out. Um, which no which one here nobody wants to, wants to see. There you go. Well, no one <laughs> sane wants to see. Um, they mentioned the phys- the potential physical gladiatorial pit uh, for offensive players of having Bufflin and Chara on the ice at the same time. He fits the mold of a Bruin oh, perfectly. like big, bad Boston Bruins. He fits the mold Dude. of a Bruin perfectly. I mean, there Dude. isn't there aren't many that fit it better. I mean, Luch was one. Bufflin, uh, you know, there's there's a certain cast that's uh, a certain die that's ca- uh, ca- you know, uh, mold. Yeah, mold that's cast. Thank you. And yeah, it would be a Bufflin. It would be a Luch. Chara fits in. I mean, they're, okay, big, tall, strapping, tough, can fight. Can uh, skate, can hit, can, will yes. do all those things at, at the drop of a hat. Fits yeah. right in. Would love to see him, but not at the expense of Krug. No. Um, and the third option has a quote from what I consider a reasonable connection, but unreliable source. Um Chris Versteeg uh, says, uh, according to Sportsnet Fan 90, that he would be shocked if Bufflin returned to playing hockey. Wait, wait, wait. It says here the third franchise is is retirement. Is that the new Seattle team? Yes. Uh, they went with that because all Florida teams are apparently changing their uh, name to God's waiting room. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the Sunrise God, God's Waiting Room, the Tampa God's Waiting Room, the Miami. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that any of these three are correct. In fact, I'm willing to bet that none of these three are correct. I think Bufflin will find someplace else to play. I mean, unless he really doesn't have a desire to play anymore. Which would be sad. Which would be very sad. I mean, he went out. Uh, he did win a cup in his career. He had success. Uh, he was a multi-time All-Star. Um, it's not like he had a bad career. If we never see him uh, playing again, but I still love watching the man play. Well, I, yeah, I love watching when you know he can take two players, one in each, uh, you know, 
one in each hand and kind of hold them apart like um you know those those keystone cops type things where they're standing there trying to hit each other and and they can't reach each other because somebody's holding them apart or they're being pushed apart yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean this line right after the christmas steeg line the fact that he turned down 14 million dollars to terminate the contract speaks volumes of what he thinks about the sport and his future with it i didn't read it that way and perhaps i'm wrong but i didn't read it that way i took it as there's some issue with the winnipeg franchise and now yes the fact that there's 14 million dollars just wasn't worth whatever he had he would have to put up with to stay there and remember that in that off season uh, heading into the beginning of the first start of this season um the winnipeg jets had lost three of their other top four defensemen in the past couple of months and really not replace them. Uh, they had brought in a guy who people thought had potential to play in a top four role from New York, but no one who had any experience actually playing in a top four or top pairing role. Um, that would make me a little bit discouraged. I mean, Bufflin's not young, which is why the retirement talk comes up. Um, he's out of that 2003 draft, it, if memory if memory recalls. He is, but um, at 30, but at 35, does I mean, did he resemble a 35 year old on the ice when he was playing? No, I mean, he still looks like he he looked at the time like he could like he could play another five years or at least another three, but he knows his body way better than you and I. This is true. Um, he had, he, he had the surgery. I mean, it, it's just all the all the strange things that happened at the beginning of the season and suspending him because he did or didn't tell the team that he did or didn't have surgery that or that he was injured uh, and then chose to have the surgery and then. Uh, I mean, it's it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising if he if he really is done. I mean, seventeen eighteen season he only played sixty nine games. 1819 uh, season, he only played 42 games. Um, that's that's two really ugly years in a row, as far as uh, injuries and recovery time and time spent with doctors and all the other assorted happy horse mucky um, of okay. getting back into shape, which isn't easy when you're a not small man like he is. Well, then I'm just going to be selfish and say I don't want him to retire because I want to see him keep playing. I don't <laughs> know that there are actual hockey fans or fans of his team or him who want to see him retire. That being said, it is not out of the realm of possibility, but I'd like to think that He's played over a thousand NHL games. No, I'm sorry. He's played 869 NHL games. So that's a lot of mileage. Agreed. Um, last story, uh, just in case anyone is uh, getting ready to open up their wallets um, and have a little fun uh, on the uh, with the odds. Um, I was a little bit surprised by 
some of these. Uh, we're looking at Yahoo Sports for the um, for the Vegas odds to win the Stanley Cup uh, after the resumption. We're, we'll start at the bottom of the list uh, okay. because I think that's way more interesting. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. The odds go from six uh, plus six hundred and fifty. Uh, with the top two teams who are tied down to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are at plus twenty nine hundred. Uh, so as how does that work? I listed. have to bet. I have to bet one dollar to win twenty nine hundred. Uh, I think it's. I thought it was a hundred to win twenty nine hundred. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Which is still a reasonable return. Um, if you really think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I Sorry, didn't say they I'm were. Trying but, to do you know, twenty nine hundred dollars for a hundred dollars is something that has you know a little bit of compelling feel to it. Okay. Um, I'm surprised that the Edmonton Oilers uh, or that there are this many teams from the Western Conference so high because teams three this- and four are from the Western Conference. Um, oh. and then you have and. Uh, you have Edmonton here, second from the bottom, and with a good gap. I mean, they're plus twenty three hundred. Mm-hmm. That's a six hundred dollar gap over Toronto Maple Leafs. That's that's saying Vegas pretty firmly believes uh, in the quantitative difference in their in the in the odds there. Now this list is only this list is only the top twelve teams. Anything beyond anything beyond yeah anything beyond Toronto Maple Leafs is a plus 3,000 or, or higher. Yeah. So. Um, then you get uh, two teams who are really close in Pittsburgh at plus 1,600 and Dallas at plus 1,500. That's essentially saying the East is tougher. Are we getting um, to a surprise there team are equivalents. Uh, Which one? St. Louis? That would be the one. You see... Mm, why do you think they're a surprise? Uh, usually a bump is given unless St. Louis has done something that clearly makes them look weaker than last year's team. Usually you can say that team's got a good chance. Of re- I wouldn't say that they're the favorite, but I probably would have seen them more in the eight to 900 range than down in the down in the 1100 range. I don't know. Have they lost that much? They haven't lost anything as far as I know. They've still got Bennington, who... Bennington is Bennington. But they've they still got really Ryan O'Reilly. They in the offseason, but there's the... Whether you think it's real or not, there's the, there's the hangover mentality. The hangover, the hangover usually happens earlier on. Um, I mean, you can you can you can tell that the Stanley Cup hangovers. I think fatigue may hit them. The only problem is that they've had time to they've had time to to heal or, or recharge. Here's, here's the question. I mean, talent for talent, play uh, position for position, line for line. Are they really the most talented team in the Western Conference compared to? Are they the most talented team in the West? Uh, the West is just such a mess. I mean, because I, 
you look at a team like Colorado Avalanche, and I think offensively, there aren't a lot of teams that are as good as them. Yes, Tampa Bay is one of them. But defensively, they have Cal McCarr, and, and, and that's nice, but I don't think they're super strong defensively. Grubauer, last time he was in a playoffs, didn't look so hot. Uh, Vegas is kind of built the other way. They're, they're, they're more balanced, but they have a stronger back end. I don't know that they're the most talented. I think they kind of all mash up together. Yeah. Um, and I think that one of the things that has to factor into this, and I don't know if there's a line item in the calculations in Vegas for it, but is hunger. No matter what other factors are involved, you can't tell me that a group of guys who have been essentially the, who are essentially the same roster as last year are more hungry to win than they were at this time or than they were heading into last year's playoffs. Well, uh, that they have where, more to prove. This is where lip service and and real life part ways because the lip service you're going to get from every player is winning one absolutely makes you hungry to win another one. Oh, I'm not in, saying they're not hungry. I'm in saying reality, they're not as hungry. In reality, if they were to not win it, I can see them all standing in the locker room after they think it through and be like. You know what? We just won it last year. We'll get back here. We'll get back again. So maybe we're okay right now. <laughs> um, you can't. But, you're you're not going to convince me that Kale McCarr would not love to cap his rookie season with oh, with a Stanley Cup. Absolutely. You're not going to tell me that the Vegas Golden Knights wouldn't love to say um, we're still the best expansion franchise in history. Um, they, they kind of are anyway, but yeah, to get back to to get back to the final and or and or win it again. Oh yeah, okay. I I think that Vegas probably has. Looking at the teams on the list, Boston and Vegas, just because Boston's, have most rec- to prove. Boston's recent history and and clearly Vegas having been there, you know, in their inaugural season, I think those two are probably the hungriest. Colorado being right behind them. I worry that Tampa Bay, as much as their talent level is beyond belief, uh, how hungry are they, though? Um, see, I I can't believe that team can win with that coach. I just well, I you and I agree on that one. You. <laughs> Um, the Flyers, they have their flaws. They're definitely the best Flyers team we've seen in close to a decade. Um, the Caps, I don't know. Uh, the Caps are at like plus 900. And all the teams we're talking about, the Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, those two are both at plus 800. Caps are at plus 900. Uh, Flyers are at plus a thousand. Blues are at plus eleven hundred. That's barely more than a coin flip between them, from first to last. Really, you're saying that you definitely believe that Colorado and Vegas have better chances than St. Louis, but beyond that, you're saying that these are all roughly equal teams. You really are. All twelve of them? No, no, no. Just these, just those five in that space. Oh, okay. Yeah. From yeah. Colorado down to St. Louis. There's there's definitely a tier a couple of tiers here. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, those those bottom four teams at, at 1,500 to 2,900 are, are one tier. And then, yeah, you've got that middle five from Colorado to St. Louis, and then you've got Boston and Tampa. And Boston and Tampa are topping the list at plus 650. Well, Boston did get the... Uh, see, I, I, now, when you were comparing the two, I, I never felt that Tuka Rask was a believable cup-winning goaltender. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I've said this for, what, 10 years? Uh-huh. Um, and I don't feel that John Cooper is a cup-winning coach. <laughs> Fair, again, you and I agree. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not... <laughs> I don't know how to reconcile those two things as the number one, as the co-number ones uh, in the betting, except maybe to double down on a Western Conference team. Which at this point, you know, if you're going with the smart money, is either Colorado or Vegas. So do I go toss $100 down on each of those teams? Uh, yeah, I guess I, I can see it. I think that, I think that, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is getting close and would like to get back to the top one more time. And I feel that in goaltending between those two teams, I think that you would have to give the nod to, to Vegas. I don't know that it, it, I mean, Grubauer is the unknown. How is he going to perform? Because his last playoff experience was not positive. But Colorado is, their ability to score goals is top notch. Scary. I mean, Miko Renton and Nathan McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, yeah, and then you've got defensemen that can put the puck in the net. The question is, how strong are is Colorado defensively or is it too much offensive too much offensive defenseman not enough defensive defenseman I think Vegas like you said like I said before more balanced so I I, that one yeah you could throw a hundred bucks down on both of them just to hedge your bets but like you said there's clearly tears at work here there's there's a belief that it's, you know, there's a gap between the Lightning and the Avalanche. There's a gap between the Blues and Dallas. And is it, I, that, is it that big of a gap? I mean, are the Lightning and the Avalanche closer than 650 and 800? See, there, uh, I don't think that there's that big a gap between the top, between Boston and Vegas. I think a Boston and Vegas series would be wonderfully entertaining. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I think it would end up being higher scoring than most people in either city really want to think about. I think you're talking a lot of four, three, five, four games uh, versus three twos, two ones. Um, And I think you could absolutely see a Colorado uh, Tampa Bay final. That's, looking like 80s hockey with 8-7-7-6-9-4 uh, for finals. Uh, 
you don't you don't think they're both strong defensively? It's not that they're both not both strong defensively. It's that they're, it's not their identity. If they get behind in a game, you know, even if it's just two nothing at the end of the first, it's going to be okay, guys. We need goals now in both locker rooms, mm-hmm. and they might still give up that next goal, but they're perfectly capable of running off four of them in three and a half minutes. Uh, to follow that up and retake the lead and take the lead, but that's why that's why Kelly McCrimmon, who took over for George McPhee in uh, in Vegas, brings in a guy like Alec Martinez, even though he's 32 years old, uh, on the remainder of his you know the remainder of his contract, because Alec Martinez has been there with the Kings. He's scored a scored a cup winning goal with the Kings. Yep, I mean. You bring that guy into your locker room because he's been there before. He knows, he knows what it takes. I mean, yeah, the bulk of the bulk of the team has been there because the team's only a couple of years old. So yes, we know that William Carlson's been there, and and we know that um, Marsha So has been there and, and whatnot. But the defense. Nick Holden, John Merrill, you know, Derek Englund was there, but how many minutes does he play now at 38? Nate Schmidt, Shea Theodore hasn't, Shea Theodore hasn't been there yet because he didn't play much their first time around. But now he's, I, I, and then they bring in Robin Leonard to back up Marc-Andre Fleury in case something does happen to the flower. You got to, you got a guy like Robin Leonard who's, uh, well... At worst, a top-five goaltender in the league. Yeah, no kidding. Without so, much playoff experience, though. True. Uh, or not true. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got ten. Okay, so he's got ten playoff games, but his last time was with the Islanders last season, where he had, oh, wait... A two goals against average, 2.0, and a 9.36 save percentage. Mm. Okay. It's it's still not a huge amount <laughs> of experience, but yes, he's got some experience. But that was, I mean, how much time has he actually had to spend with this team going into the playoffs? Three games. Goalie, goalie defense communication is huge. And three games. three games. Oh, in which he had a 1.67 goals against. Hold on. I want to say that again. 1.67. Is that good? And he had a 940 save percentage. Um, is that is that any good? Uh, yeah. In 33 games prior to that with the Blackhawks before being dealt. Now, remember, the Blackhawks. Terrible. He had a high goals against average of 3.01 and a 9.18 save percentage on that awful team. Uh, yeah. So when they put him in front of a real defense or in front of a capable defense, suddenly his goals against is cut in half. Yes, it's a small sample size. It's only three games. Save percentage goes up. But even a 918 save percentage is solid. Um, the fact that it was done on a team that's 
So McCrimmon not at is, its peak. What I'm saying is McCrimmon is McCrimmon has has done a little bulking up, not with the not with the number of players, but with the quality of players. Done some bulking up for the playoff run. And he's also looking forward because how much longer is Flurry going to play? So you bring in a guy like Leonard now. At some point, get him to sign a long-term extension. Uh, not that this was supposed to be Vegas talk, but yeah, it's getting me all excited. Vegas is going to be good. And that would be a hell of a matchup in the final, though, if you get the Bruins in Vegas. <gasps> it, it, it might manage to uh, cross the threshold into entertaining, yes. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. It would be it would be a challenge, but I think that they might manage to do it. So, I think we've oh there was one other story that we talked about uh, when we ran into each other during the week. Um, mm-hmm. The NHL is apparently serious about uh, its uh, about uh, its environmental policy. Um, we know this because there is no greater recycling juggernaut than the NHL coaching uh, carousel. <laughs> oh, Lindy I, Ruff. Thought, I almost thought we were going to – I completely forgot, yes. Lindy so, Ruff is an NHL head coach. Again. Lindy Ruff is back. He is bench boss for those New Jersey Devils. Uh, sliding just south of the river uh, off of the New York Rangers uh, bench. Uh, what do we think of this other than that? We will always know who, the, who that guy is behind the bench. Oh, there's supposed to be more than that? There's there's supposed to be more. Um, well, does he run is it, uh, defensively? Is it going to make one? Is it going to make PK want to stick around longer? I, I have no idea what it's supposed to make anyone want at this point. This guy was I, head I coach understand. in Buffalo forever. I don't understand the move. Um, he was an assistant coach in Florida back uh, 93 through 97. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just spent the last three years uh, as a, an assistant in New York after what? Uh, four seasons as the head coach in in Dallas. I'm wondering. Uh, here's my question: the big question about okay. this guy. Mm-hmm. Why? It's a very short s- question. Yeah, it, it, that's because uh, the answer is equally short. It, yeah, and uh, I don't. Yes, he won a Jack Adams once back in 05-06. Hooray. That, wasn't that the first year out of the lock? Oh, yes. Name recognition? Uh, you're telling the fan base that you're really trying to pull the franchise up by its bootstraps? Um, but, you know, to me as a fan, as well as a commenter on the sport, I don't necessarily need the flashiest uh, move to make me believe. But what I do want is something uh, that's, you know, successful. 
in what nearly 20 years as an NHL head coach. He's been to the NHL. He's been to the finals once. He has never won anything. He he didn't have a coaching career in the AHL or the minor or, or you know the Canadian Hockey League. He's never won. He's just never won. What? Where is the believability with him? I didn't say it was a. I didn't say it was a solid answer. I'm just trying to figure out what. Because I, I don't understand it. I mean, there's nothing that tells me that this guy is the right guy for the job. There's nothing and, compelling about him. And how much leash is Fitzgerald going to give him? Is this with a one this, with, with this mashup of players? Is he just a place? Is he just a placeholder? I mean, he is 60 years old. He will be. Um, I mean, that's not old it's not like he's need he needs to be put out to pasture in 10 or 15 minutes um but he's not he's not claude julian either but he's not done anything that's my point he's not claude claude julian is around that same age if not slightly older but claude julian has accomplished things um, yeah, there's there's believability there. Uh, Julian is like three months younger. Um, oh, is he actually younger? What? He's actually a couple of months younger. Okay. Um, but Julian uh, coached uh, and won in the queue. Uh, in the queue. Mm-hmm. He's won in the NHL. Um, you know, there's some believability if Julian and the Canadians part ways, which you know, they say coaches are hired to be fired. Um, they hadn't exactly, they had 31 wins, uh, 31 losses this season, which is an amazing, uh, final, uh, final tally. Um, Claude Julian has a Stanley cup, but he's won at both levels. He's won at, he's won at two different levels. Mm-hmm. I can believe that there's something there in a coach who's won at least once. Someone who's won at two different levels, I'm willing to saying. I'm willing to be patient. That's what I'm saying. If New Jersey brought in and I don't know if Claude Julian would agree to go to New Jersey in the situation in, in the state that they're in, but if they were to bring in a Claude Julian, I could say to myself, Yeah, my team as a as a New Jersey Devils fan, my team is really trying they're bringing in this guy who's won a stanley cup he knows what it takes them i could get behind that they mean it lindy lindy ruff just doesn't tell me any of that you brought so how much leash does he have is he just a placeholder you know are there bigger moves coming down the line does fitzgerald not worry about his job anymore uh I, I I don't understand the move from start to finish. If you're bringing in and you got lots of draft picks coming up, I mean, no, you don't have second or third, but you ha- you still have like eight or nine draft picks. Actually. You know, are you concerned about the youth team? Do you want a do you want a head coach that's more of an educator and less of a, a, a drill drill sergeant? Yeah. 
how I mean, what is it? I don't understand the move. I don't know what Lindy Ruff brings to the table. Except he's been a head coach in the NHL and he's got, you know, he's been around a while. Why not give somebody like a Marco Sturm a chance? Why not give somebody like a Doug Huda a chance? Granted, I granted I, Doug Huda. I seriously I mean, don't get this. I mean, granted, I was saying that like nine years ago about Doug Huda, but I mean, yes, or Doug Jarvis for that matter. Or Doug Jarvis. Why? Why? Why aren't these guys given an opportunity? Why do we keep retreading Lindy Ruff? So no, I don't have an answer for you because I don't know what Tom Pichel is thinking. And granted, he's from Massachusetts, from Bill Ricca, and I wish Tom all the best. But why is the question of the day? And to that, we have no answer. Uh, we don't have an answer, but if you have one, uh, you know how to find us. Um Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, hockey is coming. Hockey is coming. Hockey is coming. And I can't wait. Click your heels together three times. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll probably take a look at maybe a few more draft picks uh, or potential draft picks and uh, whatever whatever else is on the board. Have a great week.